What's going on, eaters and feeders? Welcome to another Meal Prep Biz 101 podcast where I discuss starting and growing meal prep businesses. Some of this audio is stripped straight from episodes on my YouTube channel, and some episodes are exclusive to podcasts, so you're going to want to make sure that you're subscribed to both so you don't miss out on any of my weekly content. You'll also want to check out MealPrepBiz101.com, where I've got tons of free content and resources like free software that will run your entire business, free boot camps, free ebooks, private groups, one-on-one consulting, marketing help, and much more. So head on over to MealPrepBiz101.com today and find the answers that you've been looking for. What's going on, eaters and feeders? Just wanted to jump in and do a quick introduction for this episode. This, again, is another segment of audio that's pulled from one of my videos on my YouTube. So you're really missing out if you're not checking out my YouTube videos. This one, I am working with a whiteboard, so it may behoove you to check out the video itself. The link should be in the show notes. Check out the YouTube channel so you get this and all the other videos. Some of them I'm not going to turn into podcasts. But specifically, this one is going to be discussing starting off with your initial sales efforts. This is part of a series that I did. Uh, The name of the series is a couple of different names, uh, depending on where you see it posted. But it's something to the effect of how to start a meal prep business with just $500. So this is some bare bones sales tactics. But this is stuff that will translate through the entire tenure of your business as long as you're growing a lot of this stuff is going to hold true i do discuss working with gyms i discuss working with instagram models influencers whatever you want to call them as well as cpa and ltv how important knowing those numbers are what those numbers mean how to find those numbers and a whole bunch of other stuff that is very very important to the success of your sales efforts. Normally I chop off the audio for the intros of the video because I have my own podcast intro. However, this is from way back when I didn't really have the editing and the intros all figured out. So I actually go over a little bit of our background, how we started the company. Some people might find that interesting and encouraging, especially if you feel like you might be out of your element because that's one of the things that I discuss. But without further ado, let's jump into that intro and start talking about sales. What is up, eaters and feeders? We are discussing how to start a meal plan company with just $500. Today, we're going to be discussing what sales is going to look like. I mean, you've only got 500 bucks. You can't salary a bunch of people. What's this? I mean, how are you going to scale it? How are you going to set your initial sales goals, what's production going to look like. We're going to discuss all that and more in today's video. Um, Before we get started, my name is Casey Cochran. I am co-founder of Fit Food Fresh, Florida's highest rated meal plan company, and we started this from zero. So if we're starting with 500 bucks tomorrow with the knowledge that I've amassed over the last six years, this is going to be easy. And I'm going to show you how I would do it in that aforementioned scenario with the $500 starting tomorrow with all this information. So we're going to discuss tips, tricks, and pitfalls, as well as anything else that you guys want to hear. Comment below, let me know, shoot me a direct message, do whatever, and uh, also subscribe so when I do get around to answering your question um, or somebody else's question that you might just want to know about, 
you won't miss out on that. Uh, let's get started. So, again, we started this with nothing. We were outsiders. We were, my business partner and I, we weren't personal trainers, we weren't chefs, we weren't nutritionists, um, we were meal plan customers, honestly. And we wanted to eat healthier, we most importantly just wanted the convenience of it because we were super busy guys and we just couldn't find a company that we liked. So if you are, and I'm a high school dropout, so if you are a trainer, a nutritionist, or a chef, you've got plenty of advantages on us and I'll just be able to fill in some gaps of anything that, that you have, maybe, hopefully. And um, if you aren't a trainer, a nutritionist, dietitian, or chef, don't worry, you don't have to be. I still don't know how to cook. I could burn water. Okay, so sales, what's that gonna look like? Well, go into the bathroom, clean the mirror, look right into it, that's you, that's the sales force, you're it. So congratulations. Um, as the founder of any company, as the C-level of any company, you are, you should consider, you know, you're at least 50% of your responsibilities are gonna be sales. You have to be an evangelist. Even if you're the CTO of a company, you need to be the evangelist or an evangelist for that company and um, just selling to whoever. But initially, let's start talking sales goals because that's going to be the most important thing. Because what's beautiful about this business is you don't need to have 50 or 100 people to start. You can start this with 10 people. I wouldn't do it with less than 10. 20 would be better, 50 would be pretty cool. But 10 is where I would start because that's what we started with. And if we were able to do it, you can do it. 10 people, 10 items, keep it really simple. Don't let them pick. If they're allergic to something or they absolutely can't have something that's on the menu, give them two of something else. Keep it easy because if we're starting for 500 bucks and, and some of you may be more advanced, so obviously this doesn't you know, pertain to you. Um, maybe you have more money, maybe you've been doing this a while and you're just looking for some other tips and tricks. But in the scenario where we've only got 500 bucks, we don't have a site built because we're gonna pretend we don't know how to do any of that. Um, so again, if you have those skill sets, great, more power to you. High five, uh, but in this scenario, we got none of that. We don't know what we're doing. All we know is we got 500 bucks and we wanna make awesome food for people, so we gotta figure this out the dumb way. No website, how are we getting our, our orders in? Email, text, um, and I, I look at my video or watch my video on ordering systems because that, ordering systems and production have a lot to do with sales because the more simplified your production is, the easier the sales are going to be and, and so again 10 items 10 people maybe even less if you can get away with it the less the better the more simple the better you want to squeak out you want to squeeze out as much profit as possible um, initially because if you're if you start off like always razor thin margins you're never never able to get ahead of things and if we really only have 500 bucks we're going to want to make it last so what's beautiful about this though, is this is one of the rare businesses where you could technically have revenue before anything else. If I started this out by just emailing a menu out and either I'm making the food or if I already got my you know, costs figured out for production, um, I can email out this menu to people, they email it back, and if they're not picking, if I don't allow them to pick and it's just like an on or off thing, and they just get whatever food, and like I said, they don't like, chicken, you give them two mahis, whatever. 
it'd make it a lot easier for you. So you get that initial production going and congratulations, you're profitable your first week if you know your numbers and you shouldn't move forward if you don't know your numbers. And I'll discuss different numbers, but initially the rule that we're gonna be discussing is, well, I guess first, just you are sales. I'm gonna capitalize it because it's, it's serious. You are sales. Bruh, you are sales, bruh. All right, so that's number one. Uh, number two, I think I got this from Grant Cardone. And this is uh, one of those lessons that you kind of learn. There's some lessons that you think you learn it and oops, and uh, I like how to make an N. I thought I knew how to make an N and I just showed I didn't. Um, and you think you learned the lesson, but you just keep on learning it over and over. That is your network is greater than your net worth. Your network is worth more than your network. net worth. Um, what do I mean by that? Well, if I know a ton of people to whom I can sell a product, all I need to do is like tell them I'm selling this product. What's beautiful about food is like most people tend to eat. I find I like to eat several times a day every day. So I'd be a great client for a meal plan company. So if you know anybody else like me, just go to them and say, hey, you're probably already buying food several times a day, right? They'll be like, yeah, how'd you know? Then just say, guess what? I'm making food now, so you can just, instead of spending that money with a stranger, you can help me and it'll make your life easier because you won't have to cook the food or sell your friends. It'll be easy to get 10, 20 people, even if you don't have friends. Everyone's got social media these days. Cut them in on a good deal, know that you're making profit on it, and treat them like founders, like, like seed investment. But what's better about this is instead of just getting like some stocks and an IPO listing that they really can't do anything with, um, you know, they'll at least be able to eat this investment next week. They have to make another investment, obviously, but they, at least they eat it. And like I said, they're already spending this money, so this should be a really easy sell. 10 to 20 people, um, I say 10 because that's, if you get 10, start with 10. Don't procrastinate. What the most dangerous thing is I know a lot of people in a lot of different businesses all over the place and you'll find an excuse not to do this. If I told you 50 people was awesome, you might wait till you have 50 people. You might never get 50 people. If you have 10 people, you're not going to lose much money if you do your numbers wrong. You'll learn a lot and I guarantee if you have to come back at, you know, 15 or 20 meal, uh, 20 people, you're going to be spot on that time. But, uh, you know, don't be afraid to fail. Start with 10 people. Just get that initial motion going, even if you had to stop it and start it up again. Uh, I know these were a lot of our concerns in the beginning. There was one time we even, you know, faked a, <laughs> I'll tell you more about this, but we told everybody we had a kitchen fire because we had a chef who quit half week or midweek. We do two cooks a week or two different deliveries a week. So two different cooking sessions. She did one and quit because she had a, a, a wedding or something to cater. That was early in. I'll probably talk about more, more of that in production.
Are you looking for an ordering system that will automate the menial but crucial tasks to help your meal prep grow and to help you capture more profit? Then head on over to mealprepbiz101.com to learn more about the most advanced piece of software that this industry has ever seen. It can seamlessly integrate with your existing website or provide a turnkey e-commerce solution if you don't already have one. Automate everything from taking orders to marketing to customer service and it's all under one roof. You can literally be live within a day and avoid all of the time, the headache, and the expense associated with other solutions. The best part is there's no monthly subscription and there's no annual fee. To learn more, head on over to mealprepbiz101.com. So, network, net worth. Get out there and meet people. I'm not a big people person. You might be misanthropic, you might just be shy, um, but get on LinkedIn, get on social media if you hate people, but if you're good with people, just get out there. Anybody eats. Now, the next thing um, I'm gonna wanna address again is the fact that you're able to get the money up front is something that's very rare and very, very awesome about this business. So whatever money you're able to collect from this network, you might not, you should not even be touching that $500, all right? So getting that money up front is key. Now, the reason, reason I mentioned this is right now, and when you start, your production time isn't gonna be as crazy. Your materials sourcing time, your shopping time, isn't gonna be as crazy. As you grow, it will get crazier. Uh, initially, you'll probably be going to maybe a retail store or maybe a uh, restaurant, supply store to get your stuff and you're gonna be able to bang it out on a Sunday. And then you're gonna to have to start you know, doing production on a Saturday because you're gonna get bigger. And you're gonna to have to start doing production you know, on a Friday. Now we start production for Monday on Thursday because that's when stuff gets delivered. That's when we start peeling stuff or putting it in a marinade or anything else. So keep that in mind is, you know, one thing to keep in mind is as you grow, you're going to want to make sure that deadline's further back. I would suggest starting it at Wednesday. Wednesday, midnight, that's your deadline. That gives you Thursday to put in an order or Friday to put in an order. You could do, you know, nice, you can compare prices. When you're rushed, if your deadline's Friday and you're starting to bang out, you know, thousands of meals, you're not buying the cheapest potatoes. You're not buying the cheapest chicken. You're just buying everything from the first guy who can get a truck to you. And the truck deliveries, I think around here, um, if you spend like at least 500 bucks, I think you can get a distributor to drop off at your kitchen. So those are some things to consider. Keep that deadline back. And you're gonna have to sell them on that because a lot of people are gonna be like, well, why is it that this company lets me order you know, on Friday? Or why am I ordering Wednesday when I'm not getting the food till Monday? It's not a big problem, but you know, if people are spoiled and they're used to a bigger company who's banging out meals more efficiently, or maybe they're using a map process, um, that is one thing that people don't like. But in the beginning, it should be friends and family. This should be the most tolerant audience that you're ever gonna have. And these are the people you're gonna make your mistakes with. These are the people you're gonna push the hardest rules um, that'll give you an advantage uh, business-wise. So uh, yeah, 10 to 20 people. At least get some momentum with that.
If you're looking for answers to questions or problems that I don't cover in any of my videos or content, then you may wanna consider booking a one-on-one -on -one consultation with me. We'll do a deep dive into your situation and obstacles to find you solutions and remedies to get you where you wanna be faster and easier. After growing Fit Food Fresh, the Florida's highest rated meal prep company from nothing, I can assure you that I've made most of the mistakes and dodged most of the bullets, and I can give you a perspective that will help you see around corners and solve issues that you don't even see coming. We'll book an hour at a time as needed, and I record every session and give you a copy so you don't have to worry about taking notes, just focusing on the problems and the solutions we're discussing. To book your first hour, head on over to mealprepbiz101.com. I'm excited to learn more about you and your service, and I look forward to helping you grow as a business, as an entrepreneur, and as an individual. Now, don't rely on gyms. I'm gonna just say that. We've got a lot of gym owners who are very good friends of ours. We got, we're, we're friends with everybody. We got meal plan companies. We've we got a bunch of friends who have meal plan companies. And we discuss this stuff all the time. And my understanding from the gym owners, and I, I hold this against none of them, because I completely understand if I was in their situation, I would do the same. But basically the way it looks, it looks is, first off, everyone's gonna tell you, you know what you should do when you go to set up a bank account at you know, the bank, or when you go to a restaurant supply place and you're buying pans, and they find out what you do, oh, you sell healthy food? You know what you should do? You should go to my gym and you should set up a table. I know the manager and he'll put, everybody's doing that. And gym owners love that. They love free food for their members because it's just free food for people who are paying to be in their building. So it gives an added perk to that gym membership if, you, if they always have a meal plan company there. So the downside of that is if you can't be in that gym next time, they're probably not gonna turn down your competitor and they might seek out your competitor. And that's okay, and that happens. Like I said, we've got friends who own gyms. We just can't be everywhere. We can't go to all their events. Um, they'll run events you know, maybe more frequently just because they're trying to drum up their own business, and they'll want somebody to be there, and they'll have a chiropractor, and they'll have an essential oils person, and they'll have a juice place, and they'll want that food place to be there just to have some little num-nums. Maybe it's a you know workout, like a holiday workout, or whatever it is. They just want some food there, some free catering. That's really what we are. We're doing an event, we're doing some free catering, and we're getting some leads. So the problem with an event, uh, with gyms is they don't have loyalty. So if you don't have a name that really sticks out, like Fit Food Fresh doesn't really stick out. We didn't really pick the name, that's another story. But um, yeah, so we could sell you on the product this week, and then when you see our competitor there next week, you sign up with them. That sucks. The other thing is if, if you are going to do a gym and I don't want to scare you away from them, but, um, one thing to consider is the price of the gym and the price of your meals. We are on the higher end. We charge more than a lot of the meal plan companies here. We are just targeting that demographic. We consider ourselves, you know, the Nordstrom to the Walmart of meal plans, uh, not to offend anybody or whatever, but it's just that idea of you expect a bit more than the essentials. You're willing to pay a bit more than what the essentials cost, right? So for us, we can't go into, and I won't name these gyms, ah, screw it. Can't go, I'm not gonna, yeah, Crunch. Uh, we can't go, like any of the $10 gyms, Planet Fitness, UFIT, they're $10 a month. Not saying everyone who works out there is not serious, but it is more reasonable to expect somebody paying $200 a month to be a bit more serious and willing 
and able to invest in a nutrition plan that a lot of people see as an add-on or a luxury item. They don't understand they're already putting out this money, so you can't think logically. You've got to understand when people see this bill, um, this is going to be part of your sales shtick, is when they're looking at this bill and it's like, oh, it's 150 bucks a week for food. It's like, yeah, but I mean, how much are you already spending? Plus the time and everything else. So you have to be going places where it's more likely than not to have a higher uh, population of people who value their time. You know, attorneys are beautiful because they have a dollar amount on their time, $500 an hour. They know what it, when they go to Whole Foods and do shopping and they go home and do cooking, they're doing that math in their head. So you gotta think of where they're gonna be. Now, if you have a value-based um, or a, a price-based um, meal plan kind of angle where you're trying to do a, a more affordable meal plan company, there's some here that do like $7 meals. We are, we got meals that are more than twice that. But $7 meals, they would do fine at Planet Fitness or 24-Hour Fitness or LA Fitness or Crunch or uh, UFit or any of those other ones. We have to like go to a CrossFit where people are paying like at least 165. Even then it might be a stretch for people. Um, so we try to go to the higher end gyms if we do go to gyms, but we rely a lot on referrals, thankfully. Um, we've done you know pretty well as far as that's concerned. I know the meal prep business can be a beast, especially when you're trying to navigate it alone. That's why I created the Meal Prep Mafia, a private group dedicated to other meal prep entrepreneurs who want to learn, share, and grow together. We've got entrepreneurs from a myriad of different backgrounds with a ton of experience and perspectives that you're able to tap into and learn from. I'm sure you've got questions of your own, but sometimes the most valuable question is the one you haven't even thought of yet. Sign up for the monthly membership and access this brain trust of fellow preppreneurs and see that we can cover more ground faster together. I guarantee it's going to be the best investment that you've made in yourself and your business so far. Sign up at MealPrepBiz101.com and I will see you in the Mafia. Instagram models and athletes, same thing. Uh, everyone's going to think like, oh, that's all I have to do is get somebody who has a lot of followers to post about my food and then the money's just going to roll in. The reality of the situation is nowadays people are so numb to seeing the Instagram models and the athletes and everything do these promotions. The bigger athletes and the bigger, the people who have a lot of views, it normally costs a lot to do that. Um, the really big athletes, like we had A-Rod and we had Jason Pierre-Paul and we've had Shane Ray and we've had uh, Mark Ingram and we had a bunch of guys. I don't even, I know nothing about sports. Those are just, you have to be really big for me to know who you are. And those are just the people I could, but we can list off a bunch of people um, who, athletes who we've had on the program and they've got tons of followers. And those guys, those guys aren't interested in a promotion or anything like that. They're not going to go on their Instagram and post anything for free food. That might be effective. I don't know. But we don't approach those guys. They just pay a regular price. We go, we get them through their trainers or something. The ones who tend to want to, it's the irony, is the guys who would probably be able to maybe get, get us some eyeballs and something if they were to just do it for free. Um, those guys don't really have any interest because they've got tons of money. They're just paying full price and 
it's just not like cool to kind of approach them for that. And uh, but even when you do, it it hasn't been fruitful. We've had Instagram models who have millions of followers post about us ongoing for weeks and months at a time. You don't really get much when you're starting off. The other thing you have to consider is even if you had somebody who had millions of followers and they were going to post for free, how is that person going to take advantage of whatever that post is going to be advertising? Let's say it's a, let's say it's a 20% off or whatever. If you're just starting off, let's assume you don't have a website or anything, the coupon not being there, people are so misanthropic and so lazy. They want something that'll click paste maybe I don't even want to copy and paste I just want to click I want me 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 I want super easy I do not want to get on the phone and say hey this Instagram model said that or this athlete said that I would get 20% off if I mentioned that I saw their post people aren't going to do that I've never seen it done whenever we've had um, uh, the the call to action involve a phone call nothing happens coupon maybe but even then it's not great so the bottom line is don't really expect it to be easy. If those are your backup plans, like your plan C, D, E, Instagram models, gyms, um, and athletes, whatever else you might know somebody, I, like everybody knows somebody who knows something. Even if you don't, it doesn't matter. You're not missing out on much. Um, there's, I keep on reading different articles about how Instagram models are basically like failing to show much return on investment for a lot of uh, different businesses. So that's just a dwindling um, market or approach to take and I would advise against it and this is no hate towards Instagram people or athletes or anything at the end of the day consumers have already adapted we're adapting faster and faster to these uh, marketing tactics and like I said they're just numb to seeing these Instagram models and athletes promoting something they don't care they're following them for the content or because they like them or because they're a fan whatever else it's it's not necessarily going to be that fruitful not saying it's not going to work but uh don't rely on it that's the most important thing is i know a lot of companies are like well i've got this connection or i'm going to go this route and i'm going to do this thing that no one's ever thought of everyone's thought of it pretty sure like there's i haven't heard any unique ideas a lot of companies are like oh i have this idea oh i'm going to develop a software for this business and then i'm going to license it out to other companies i'm so smart everyone's got that idea Everyone's had that problem. They've run into the same things. Everyone's gone like, oh, wouldn't it be easier if some chick with like 10 million followers just posted my food? I bet a bunch of people would buy it because she's in good shape or because he's a professional athlete. Nah. I know the meal prep business can be a beast, especially when you're trying to navigate it alone. That's why I've created the Meal Prep Mafia, a private group dedicated to other meal prep entrepreneurs who want to learn, share, and grow together. We've got entrepreneurs from a myriad of different backgrounds with a ton of experience and perspectives that you're able to tap into and learn from. I'm sure you've got questions of your own, but sometimes the most valuable question is the one you haven't even thought of yet. Sign up for the monthly membership and access this brain trust of fellow preppreneurs and see that we can cover more ground faster together. I guarantee it's going to be the best investment that you've made in yourself and your business so far. Sign up at MealPrepBiz101.com and I will see you in the Mafia. Before you get to any of that stuff, if you do go that route, consider it like commission. Because a lot of them, they're, they're going to ask you to invest in them. So 
commission. Um, it all just contributes to your CPA, really. So let's go over that. Oh, I haven't written on here in a while. Your CPA, what is that? That is the cost per acquisition. Oh, man, I'm horrible at this. Hope that didn't look awkward. Hope that looks really cool. <sighs> My mom was a teacher. I dropped out of high school. Um, so, cost per acquisition, what's that mean? Well, if you don't know, it just means how much it costs to get a client. Let's say we run an ad and it costs us $1,000 and out of that ad we get 10 clients. Our cost per acquisition is $100 per client. 1,000 times 10, or divided by 10, right? So, that's our CPA. What else do we need to know? Well, if I'm going to be paying somebody or investing in something, not only do I need to know how much it costs me to get them, I need to know how much I'm gonna make once I have them to make sure that the CPA is justified. If I'm paying $100 to get you, but I only make $90 off of you, I'm paying $10 for the pleasure of serving you. Now, this is where we talk about the LTV. LTV, what does that mean? Lifetime value. Yeah. You guys probably can't even see this on the screen. I apologize. All right, so we got your LTV, lifetime value. What is your LTV? What is your lifetime value? Well, it's a very simple. very simple bit of arithmetic, all right? So we're gonna take the average profit per ticket and we're gonna multiply that by, now we, we do weeks, so you might do months, but we do weeks. It's units like you buy a week at a time. Um, so this will be average lifespan in weeks, obviously. All right, and then that'll give us what their LTV is, all right? So let's do a scenario. Let's say that we are um, doing Let's just use round numbers. Let's say it's $100. Let's say our cost for food is 30 bucks because we're on the high side. And let's say our labor um, out of that 100 is another 30. So we're looking at $60 to manufacture. Let's just assume everything's in there. And we're looking at uh, a $40 profit. Actually, that's a bit much. I don't even want to. Let's say it's a $30 profit. So let's just say, forget all of this, 30 bucks right here, just to make it easy. Now let's say people stay on the program for an average of 10 weeks. So the average person spends $100 with me. On that, I get $30. And then I get that 30 on an average for 10 weeks. So that gives us an LTV of $300. So as long as my 
cost per acquisition is lower than 300, I'm making money profit, you know, in, in theory. You want it to be a fraction of the 300, so you're making a lot of money because there's a lot of things that you're not going to be able to take into consider. But this is also something that you're going to want to, these are all numbers that you're going to want to constantly go over because this is going to be the life and death for your business. So your cost per acquisition might train, might change depending on your different methods. It might change even if you're doing you know, Google AdWords campaigns. Uh, as more companies become uh, you know, savvy to doing Google AdWords, they're going to be bidding for those um, you know, same AdWords and driving up the price. Your lifetime value is going to change and it might depend on where you get your clients. You might have a source or a, uh, a rep, commission-based salesperson, who has a higher or lower uh, LTV than your standard client. If they've got a lower one, you've got to reassess how much money you're paying that rep to bring them on because it better not be as much as you're paying to get a standard client who's going to make you 300 bucks if you're bringing on, you know, people you're still making 30 bucks a week, but let's say when they come from that rep for some reason, they're only staying on for like three weeks because they're just helping that rep. They're friends of that rep. The rep uh, works at a gym that they go to and he's like, hey, I'm selling meals. It helped me out with commission. Try it for a couple of weeks. Hey, it's not really in my price range. And hey, just, you know, try them for a couple of weeks and tell me what you think. That wasn't a good client to have. You paid that rep whatever commission for someone who has a lower lifetime value. It's bad news bears. Same thing with uh, radio commercials or any any other outlet. It might be this rep has great, you know, the, this rep has great referrals that stay forever, spend a ton of money, and this rep for whatever reason they suck. Might be this radio show has great, you know, people who come from it. This one's garbage. So you have to test everything. But the other thing is to consider is also as you grow, your LTV may change because maybe your customer service isn't as good. Maybe your CPA is going to change because now you're not able to get to leads as effectively. So that person who would have closed ended up going with a competitor because you had to take another day or half day to call them. So you're going to want to always look at these things as you grow because I assure you they are going to change. You're going to have natural attrition rates that don't exist one year, but then next year when you've doubled or you've tripled, you see this, this, this hemorrhage of clients when you come up on a holiday or a summer, even though last year when you were smaller, you grew right through it. We averaged 30% growth for like a year and a half, month over month, 30% growth month over month. It was crazy. It was something ridiculous like that. Maybe like two years. And we're just like, man, we're talking to competitors, larger companies trying to buy us out in the area. And they're just like, oh man, December was rough, right? And we're just like, oh no, we grew right through December. We grew right through summer. Like we're smart. We figured this out. It's like, no, it's because we're this big. So when you're able to bring, let's say you're bringing 20 people on a week and you have an attrition of 10% weekly, just naturally. Well, what, when you're at 100 people, that 10% attrition means you're only losing 10 people. So it's 10% of 100, you lose 100. So you got 90 people left. Then you get that 20 that you've been able to grow on. Boom, you still grow by 10. That's easy. Now let's fast forward to 1,000. Now you've got 1,000 people. 10% of that is how much? And I assure you it might be more. 
But even if the attrition stayed the same and there's just that gradual 10%, that's losing 100 people. Now, if you're still only putting on 20 people a week and you haven't figured out a more efficient way to start adding to the sales process, you're going to be out of business. You're gonna find, actually, you'll never get to 1,000 if you have that natural attrition problem that you're not able to overcompensate because you just hit this glass ceiling where eventually you're gonna be at like, what would that be? Uh, 200, so you get to 200 and that's when you'd have that equilibrium of I'm bringing on 20, but I'm naturally losing that 10%, which is now 20. So it would probably not work like that in, in life because life is not a vacuum. You'd either plummet down or maybe fight up and down and whatever, but you're generally gonna have that because there's something about the fundamentals of your business, your sales process, um, or otherwise that needs to be reassessed and tweaked. Now you can see that stuff coming if you stay on top of your CPA and you stay on top of your LTV. And then, like I said, measure that individually, uh, especially your LTV for each of the different sales sources or outlets that you're gonna have above yourself. And the, but again, those are your, your, your plan C, D, and E. You are your plan A, you are your plan B. Events can open a ton of doors for your business if you know what you're doing, or they could end up slamming those same doors right in your face if you don't. We didn't become Florida's highest rated meal prep company without learning how to absolutely kill it at events. I've done 99% of our events and I can assure you that nobody lays a finger on the system that I've created. After years and countless events, I've finally taken all of my knowledge, all of my experience, all my mistakes, my tips, my secrets, and my tricks and put them into the Event Rockstar series. I break down every so you and your employees have an easy to follow recipe to replicate our success. This is an amazing training resource from pre-event to post-event, from what we use to how we use it. So if you want to know what I do, how I do it, and why I do it so you can grow your business faster and easier, I invite you to click on the link or visit mealprepbiz101.com and check out the Event Rockstar series. I look forward to making you an event rockstar and helping you grow as a business, as an entrepreneur, and as an individual. We're gonna get that initial network. We're gonna pump them for some referrals. And um, that's really what it looks like. It's nothing crazy or complicated. Um, if I were to tell you a way to add 100 people your first week, I mean, it, it, might, it might make you self implode. I don't know how I would add 100 people my first week without drumming up and waiting, wasting a lot of time going to companies or anything like that, and I'm not gonna tell you some fairy tale, you don't need 100 people your first week. You need 10, you need 20. You need 10 who are gonna be evangelists and, and bring their friends on and pay full price to help you out or pay maybe a discounted price, but tell their friends that they're paying full price, but at least a price where you're making profit. And that's the most important thing behind anything because it's not worth selling if you don't know what the numbers are and where you have to be at the end of the day at the end of the day. So hopefully that guy gave you guys some answers. And uh, most importantly, what I want you to take away from this is make some mistakes, be comfortable to fail on a small scale of 10 people starting off where you're not even tapping into that 500. You've got a lot of potential. 
Now, if you have any skill sets, if you have any networks that you can tap into, if you have any experience or anything like that that would be able to help you, you're going to be even more ahead. But understand, I'm trying to keep this whole little scenario of 500 bucks as generic as possible, and I'm trying not to assume that you're a personal trainer who has a bunch of people. If you already got 20 people you're training, duh, you're just going to increase your income a lot. That's, that's easy. Um, if you're a nutritionist who has a bunch of clients or are you consulting for it, but you know, like there's a lot of ways that you guys can get a natural boost. Look at what you already have. Remember network and net worth. Which one are you going to have? Which one are you going to focus on? If you don't have the network now, focus on starting to build that. I was very behind. I'm, I'm still very behind. I'm building my network. Um, I've been kind of behind the scenes with fit food fresh focusing on, putting my screen into a, my, my face into a screen for the last almost six years. Um, now I really regret not getting out there and building up that network. I've been focusing too much on this and this is just stuff that you got to spend. This is, this is way better because this is stuff that's spending with you. This is stuff that I work to get to spend to hopefully get stuff to come back, go right to this. You know enough people, you can do anything. That's all I got. Again, guys, like, comment, and uh, subscribe. Most importantly, comment and subscribe. That's the most important thing because I want to know what else you guys would like to hear. And that's going to wrap up another episode of the Meal Prep Biz 101 podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to make sure that you've subscribed not only to the podcast but also to my YouTube channel. And you're going to find links to everything below. But you have to understand, there's some stuff that has to be in video format. If I'm going through screen shares and whatever else, stuff that you need visual aids for, it's really not going to translate to a podcast very well. So it's only going to be found in a video format on my YouTube channel. There's also stuff that's only going to be done in a podcast because, honestly, I was too lazy to make a video on it. And... You're also going to want to check out MealPrepBiz101.com because there's also some material that isn't going to be applicable to video or audio, stuff like spreadsheets, software, consulting services where we could book a one-on-one, private groups, and so much more. You're definitely going to want to make sure you check out all three platforms, podcast, YouTube, and MealPrepBiz101.com. Make sure you check out the links in the show notes. There's always goodies there. A lot of it will bring you to the aforementioned assets that I just uh, detailed for you, as well as some free stuff. So make sure you check all that out and don't sell yourself short. You might be missing out on something good, something that you need, something that I'll answer some questions, save you some time or save you some money. But that's going to be it for this episode. Thank you again for tuning in and I hope you have an amazing week.